guys, it's Teresa. You're listening to You Can Tell Me Anything. This is the podcast where comedians confess something they've never told anyone before. Um, I'm really excited for my guest today. He is a very funny comedian. He has an album out called The Only Man Who Has Ever Had Sex. I think I said that right. You did. Uh, very <laughs> funny. You guys should go get it. Dave Ross, what's up? Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Um, it's so funny. Can I tell you, I that that is the name of my album, uh-huh. and you got it right. It's a lot of words. It, uh someone usually uh, the name has gotten at least one is gotten wrong in some way but so yeah thank I got you the spi- I, I know the spirit of it is like like uh i got the spirit but i was like i didn't know if i got the words right you did you got it all right the only man who has ever had sex yeah. and you know what's funny though is that like yeah that's the name of the album and now i'll get introduced on shows <laughs> as having that album but i think because it's a lot of words uh-huh People will forget to say that it's the name of my album. Oh, they just say, here's the man. That- yes. <laughs> and so I walk. I have to walk up and explain myself because the crowd's staring at me like, why the fuck did they like, why say? Why did you tell them to say that? <laughs> right. Or why did they think that was worth saying? Like, it's just confusing <laughs> uh, either way. So... Yeah, and then it's also like you know an obvious joke. Yeah, and uh, and then some people will be like, "What does it mean?" And I'll just be like, "Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to." It it does seem <laughs> like it it's very much in your voice. I think one time because oh, I good. I tweeted something the opposite of that, but just that I had never had sex, and then Danielle Perez tagged you in it. I was like, "Why did you tag oh, Dave?" Oh, I saw that, and she was like, "I don't know. It just sounds like something Dave would say." But then Funny. I was like, his album is the opposite, but that is, is still in line with that sort of. Thing. I guess I yeah. also do say that on stage. Oh, okay. Like if I, yeah. I have a, whenever I'm talking about sex and a part of the bit doesn't it like bombs a little bit, uh-huh. I tend to go like, whatever, I've never had sex. <laughs> um, but also no one has, uh, no, no one owns sex, that real then. estate. You know no, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. that's not a difficult place to get. Yeah. in your brain. It is, yeah. It, it, you don't, do you go from a place where I think when you're young, well, I don't know, not this is generalization. When I was young, you, I felt embarrassed having been a virgin, even when it was sure. normal to be a virgin, like in like middle school, you know, when someone asks you, and clearly nobody has had sex, but like the eighth grader goes, so are you a virgin? And right. you're just like, um, I mean, like, well, I don't have to tell you that. It's like, totally. Yeah, no, we all are. Um, but then you go from being ashamed to like suddenly just being like, it's funny to joke about not having sex. And you kind of skip over that and you're like, okay. Yeah, totally. I mean, well, and a lot of things, uh, are, are like that, especially, I don't know, the more and more you think and talk about, uh, what makes us feel bad, the better you get about it. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. I felt shame about being a virgin and I didn't want to be a virgin. I also didn't want to be gay, you know? I didn't want to be all kinds of things that I didn't fucking understand. Right, because people, like, people just throw it it at you. That's that's it. That's the only reason. And then also, there is a lot of, you know, shame that's shoved into our brains in general in this country and the world in Uh one form or another about being a man or a woman or whatever. And then the older you get... about sex in general and yeah the older i get the more i'm like i don't care it's <laughs> did you uh did you wait a long time to have sex i lost my virginity in high school so i guess like no i feel like that's pretty yeah. like the uh, like a standard american story it is it's also i think a, a kind of on the early end yeah uh, even yeah. though a it's lot of early, people did, but yeah. It's definitely like, I feel like the people who were having sex in high school were in relationships. Like it wasn't yes. like, uh, the culture wasn't like party sex in Hook high school. Hook up culture, yeah. yeah. Though some of the dudes I went to high school with would have made it seem like that. Ah, sure. If That's it's all thing. one girl, it's like all just like Becca or whatever. <laughs> fucking everybody. Becca. It's usually a Becca. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, you're not really wrong. Yeah. And good for her. Like totally. not bad at all. That's just, the thing. There's yeah. so much weirdness around any of it. Like, okay, the best example with, with me is with something I felt shame about and no longer do uh-huh. is losing an erection. Oh yeah, like I, that's I think the biggest. That's like the crowning example of the thing that fucks everybody up. Sure, yeah, as and a guy, because it's like uh, you can't like what, means what you're not a us, man or whatever. Fake it. You could just be like, well, I'm one of those girls who doesn't get wet. Um, that's <laughs> right, <laughs> right. That's a thing. Oh, you I'm know, tired just, or yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you haven't met us yet, but they exist. <laughs> uh, I'm having fun, really, a lot of fun. <laughs> totally. 
Totally. Yeah. When you, when you're younger, when I was younger, I felt, I, I just talked about this on another podcast too. So forgive me for repeating myself, but I, I, I remember just like panicking and thinking it meant so many that I was like, not a man. And what that really meant was like, not worthwhile, you know, like not, Oh man. Yeah. 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 So much. I can't imagine like, like I know, like obviously there's like, I'm sure a ton of privilege that comes with being a guy, but it is true. We don't really talk about all that, those expectations that get put on guys. Totally. Like you have to carry all that. And then, Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. Luckily we're, we're getting there. I mean, yeah, of course, like the, uh, the patriarchy, the idea of that, directly affects women in horrifying ways. Mm -hmm. But of course it hurts men too. Like it hurts everybody. It's when, when the like overarching, uh, the thing that if the thing that's running the world is aggression, of course uh-huh. it's going to fuck up everyone. Yeah. 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 Maybe more men should lose their erections. Cause it's all about the, it's like the opposite <laughs> of aggression. It's like, <laughs> maybe if we all just kind of like, loss of erection sometimes <laughs> metaphorically or you know don't, i will say like the yeah absolutely yeah because yeah. everyone i don't know everyone does i'll bet you that there's some there's the occasional dude out there who has never lost an erection you know but like some a, people just finish fast and then you're like well i can't lose it now it's gone <laughs> and you know the thing the is opposite like, end of exactly and <laughs> everything's a spectrum so there have got to be some like small percentage of dudes at the one end of the spectrum that like rock hard all the time all the fucking time <laughs> right but generally a normal person is gonna like be tired or anxious yeah. or whatever and i have such bad anxiety it just like happens yeah. and uh but the cool thing is that yeah you should let it happen this i'm i'm running around <laughs> the country <laughs> singing the praises of losing your boner because if you do and you're cool with it yeah. then you just chill and then you're like more relaxed than you would have been anyway and then you talk right. for a while and you both feel even more comfortable and safe and then you have the best sex of your fucking life that's what happens Sounds every really time specific dave um, yeah <laughs> Of your life. Every um, time I have sex is the best sex of my life. <laughs> I feel like especially also if you're a guy having sex with a woman, that almost works out better because unless they're like, I got to go, I got to pick up my kid. Like, well, that's time, a specific situation. Right, but like there's time, <laughs> you know, like, and it's like better because most of the time it's the opposite problem where guys finish too quick. And then the girl's like, ah, could you do this a couple more times? So it's almost right. like a blessing to be like, cool, cool, cool. I got like an extra head start. That sounds great. Like totally. I mean, honestly, it does make you, it has made me <laughs> learn how to do oral sex for sure. Uh-huh. And also doing that is, makes me more, feel more comfortable. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I don't know. Just, it just forces guy, you to take your time. I had a guy stop in the middle of sex to watch Sherlock. And I do feel like that was, if, if that was because he was going to lose his erection, too far. <laughs> Wait, he he was like... He didn't lose... I didn't know. I was very young. This is like in college. So I wasn't aware of all these dynamics. And I was just like... He just stopped and was like, do you mind if I watch Sherlock? But then wanted to pick back up. I thought he was done. And I was like, I guess we're just... Okay, this is how what? sex works. Watch some Sherlock. <laughs> what? And then wanted to start again. And I was like, I'm tired. Like, And I was. this was Funny. the period of my life where I had never come from a guy so it was like i didn't uh, know what it wasn't like it's like i guess i'm just supposed what is supposed to happen now is this normal did he <laughs> was it seemingly abrupt was he like yeah, did it seem it great abrupt. and then he abruptly stopped and said i would like to watch sherlock now <laughs> it was like long enough where i was like i thought we were on the tail end of things oh. and then he stopped and started watching sherlock and then we started again and I was like, okay. Yeah. I but what I guess what I'm asking distract. is, can you, uh, I am so, um, this is so interesting to me, <laughs> uh, because yeah, it definitely sounds like he was like, shit, I'm like kind of well, in losing hindsight, interest. Like maybe, yeah. yeah maybe he was trying to distract from, oh shit, I'm. Yeah, I'm out of this or I'm, I'm not going to come. So I need to take a break. See, that's the thing. Is it like, that's happened to me a bunch too, where you're yeah. like, whatever, like, uh, I'm not going to come right now. That's the funny thing is that like, I don't even know how we got on this, but I do think all of our, when you're young, everything is horrifying and uh-huh. it all is terrifying you, everything surrounding sex. And the older you get, the more you realize that not only does none of it matter mm-hmm. and none of it is a statement about you as a person or your like 
prowess or whatever the fuck that Your even prowess. means. <laughs> we're like drill, especially dudes are like, we're like told by movies and TV that like, you're a worthwhile man. Like a, a straight uh-huh. dude is worthwhile if he can like fuck and like uh-huh. women want him. Uh, and the older you get, you the more you're like, what the fuck? But when I was young, I really internalized that. And uh, I feel like it's also <laughs> similar on the other end though. It's weird that the insecurities are the same. Like, a, like for women who don't talk about it with men, like if a guy loses their erection in the middle of sex, they feel insecure. Like they, right. they couldn't keep this guy's interest. Well, Cause you're told that you have to be desirable in a broad sense. Like but then the guy's thinking that too. And they're both thinking totally. that. that's so crazy. And then we brought, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really do think that like, I don't know. The older I get also, the more I think that high school should be totally different. High school should uh-huh. teach you how to manage conflict, how to talk to other human beings just in general. It should teach you exa- like what a sexual relationship is uh-huh. and like what things mean and where the other person might be coming from. Because like, yeah, so many times I've had a weird interaction with a woman I was hooking up with because I started to feel weird or uncomfortable and yeah. then I said... Uh, I tried to mask it like sure. in some way and be like, oh yeah, I don't know. I'm like eh, tired. And then you could, she's like, is it me? And then we're both these two like <laughs> panicky weirdos. Then, but all that's happening is I am deep within my core uncomfortable yeah. during sex because of something that has to do with my upbringing. Yeah. And I feel weird half the time. And sometimes I just need to calm down. But like, I'm like, I'm not a man. And she's like, I'm not hot. And then we're like, oh. And then that makes it worse. Well, where did yeah. you grow up? Uh, all over. I was a oh, okay. Navy brat. Oh, okay. I don't yeah, think I knew yeah. that. Um, we totally skipped over the good confession. <laughs> sure. But that's okay. I actually think this is more interesting, but um, just so our listeners can get to know you, is there something good you'd like to confess? Just like a humble brag. Um, sure. This is like a, this is a career thing. I will say, I, to give it a little context, I, um, uh, I went for the past like year and a half kind of doing nothing um industry wise if that like i'm a comedian that's my job and my trade Mm -hmm. and i was i'm a stand-up that's how i got into it that's my main thing but i also i was in a sketch group for a long time and that took me into the world of pitching shows with them and then on my own and i was sort of making videos and pitching digital things and making short films and pitching TV series. And I like sold one at one point a few years ago. And then the thing I sold didn't get picked up. And that was a year and a half ago. And I like took a break and then focused on stand up. Uh-huh. And I like really, I was like, I had developed kind of a, um, uh, like consciously you're like, I'm going to do this. Well, first I took a break consciously uh-huh. and then I, unconsciously continued that break for a whole other year. (laughs) And so I started to get a complex about whether or not I had burned all my bridges in the industry and no one outside of stand up gave a shit about me. And then you're like Shia LaBeouf when he exactly <laughs> that's what he said because now but, he's oh, like really? he just came out with actually he just directed a movie but also oh, I can't wait to see it had another one they're both getting Honey Boy too is uh, that's the one he did and then there was another one he was in both getting great reviews indie films but he talks in interviews that he was like it felt like the industry just closed all the doors on me wow yeah and he's like so I'm gonna go do my own thing that's funny to say uh, yeah I mean that is how it felt I will say for me it's like a grand microcosm on every end of his life <laughs> uh-huh. but uh but yeah definitely I was worried yeah and then I like uh, started working on a movie pitch and then I did a practice pitch on Friday that's to awesome. a friend's manager and it went really well and we're gonna manager take it places the friends show friends um. uh the show friends <laughs> yeah just a manager at Central Perk uh, um, <laughs> no, I'm working on it with a buddy and his, uh-huh. um, his management. It was just a practice That's pitch awesome. to them, but it's, yeah, it's a very, very small thing, but a positive thing for me and a reminder that, uh, everything comes and goes in waves and my career is going to be okay. You know, That's huge. And yeah, also yeah. just even you saying like in hindsight, you're like, Oh, I took this break to do more stand up, and you can see it when you look back because you're like, you came out with your album, you did a late night set, like mm-hmm. all that's very stand-up oriented. Mm-hmm. It's all stuff you, yeah, you can do that while you're doing the other stuff too. But like when you look back and you're like, I focus on stand-up and that is what you did. Right, so it's, like, it's cool to look back and be totally. like, you had a directive and that's the thing that happened. Yeah. And you know, it's also 
good to 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 look at that and and also know that shifting focus doesn't mean losing your footing Mm -hmm. on the things you're not focusing on. That was my worry. Yeah. And it was especially my worry because like I said, I sold a show. It was not only my first show I ever sold. It was my first pilot I ever wrote. Okay. And it was a script deal. So they paid me to write. Yeah. Could not be cooler (laughs) to get paid to write your first pilot. But also I pretty quickly learned that I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. (laughs) And, um, and so then when it didn't go, that made sense to me and I learned a great deal and I'm like super grateful for the experience. Yeah. But then I had this nagging feeling in the back of my head like, well, shit, if that was, was that my one opportunity? Mm. And I also had some personal stuff happen. So I took uh, like a half a year off from like really anything in comedy. And then I came back and was like, stand up to get me back into it. But then that whole time I was like, man, I really don't know if I'm going to be able to, you know, make things that aren't stand up from now on. So it's just a cool. I also might never, you never know, but uh it wasn't like a broad fuck Dave Ross kind of thing. That, yeah. I don't know. There's it's so hard to know what the hell is going on in your career as an entertainer, yeah. so it's really scary. And I like haven't I'm a, exactly 10 years in basically at this point. And uh and that's long enough to have done a lot, but not that not long enough to have done a lot of things twice. Well, that's the secret <laughs> is like when you say like, cause every, I think that's a relatable feeling in other n- industries too, but sure. especially entertainment. Like we don't know if I'm doing the right thing or should I be doing more of this? But the truth is, I don't think there's anyone that actually knows. Like yeah. you are the one that actually knows. And it is scary to be like, what if I do this and it doesn't go anywhere, but actually like you've kind of followed your instincts and I feel like it's taken you to the right places. And that's cause nobody, not even a manager who has seen a lot of comedians will truly know what your path should be truly. Like only you really know, like this movie is what I'm passionate about and it's what I'm going to do right now. And they might be like, sure, I'll help you sell a movie. But like, you know what, what's going to like take up most of your like passion. Yeah. And it's just <laughs> so tough to remember that. Yeah. Cause it's like, it doesn't feel like I know, but how could anyone else know what's right for yeah. me? So, yeah. And I do, I said this to someone else recently. I don't remember who, but like there's no ladder and there never will be. And every person <laughs> in comedy is only has their own path mm-hmm. and only has their own personality. So yeah. like there's, we're not even close to in competition. There's enough room yeah. for everybody. But it's so fucking nerve wracking uh-huh. and so difficult to make money. And it's, you have to make these choices that are so dumb too. Like so many times I've like, I've been, I've been at this place where it's like this day job is making me money, but there's these comedy opportunities yeah. that will one day put me closer to a position of making <laughs> money. And I always choose that. Yeah. Uh, but then that means that I'm then broke. So, so many of us are broke and yeah. we are, we don't see an obvious path. So, we create situations in which we are competing. And it's That's the true. most fucked up part of comedy. It hurts us all. It really, like, we compare ourselves in ways and it just should, we should try to remove that from the equation because oh, yeah. it doesn't, it's just harmful. It's There's not that real. There's feeling too, like whenever someone does something that is a little different, like let's say someone, like you make a movie and all your friends who weren't making a movie immediately, even if you spent like the last two or three years actually developing it, writing it, making it, the minute it comes out and gets like, you know, does well, a friend who's never wanted to do a movie will suddenly be like, I should have been making a movie. And I'm guilty of that too. I'll see someone doing something totally different. Like, launch a mixtape and I'm not interested. I'd be like, oh my right. God, I should have been doing a mixtape. Yeah, like it's totally. like that crazy, like, no, just do no, the thing yeah, you're doing. You didn't even try to. <laughs> yeah. Why would that have happened to you? You didn't. Right. There are so many things too where I've like gotten jealous and then I realized that I don't want that. Yeah. I like, I don't, yeah. I, friends will, like I don't submit packets. Uh-huh. I will like I am starting to because for the first time I kind of am starting to really feel like I want to write for TV but I didn't feel like I wanted to for a long time my friends would get jobs and be like fuck how do I do that and the answer is by trying to (laughs) (laughs) 
But, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then, sure, if you keep trying and it's not working, that is very, very frustrating. Yeah. And that sucks. But, and so, sure, that will make you sad. But that's also not your friends getting jobs. That's not what's making you not have a job. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. It's. You sound like, well, you're very self-aware. I know you host a podcast that talks, talks a lot about like mental health. Do you go yeah. to therapy yourself? Like what's your I do. sort I went of. Earlier today. Oh, great. Yes. Um, I go to therapy every week or at least every week I can. Every week that I'm not on tour or that I don't have to go do some day jobby shit. And uh, yeah, it's great. I've been going for like nine years, nine or 10 oh, years. Nice. Yeah. Do you feel like um, uh, for people who don't, I'm asking because we talk a lot, a lot about therapy on this podcast. It's sort of like loosely mental health based. Do you feel like for people who are like, um, uh, for people who don't go to therapy, like what to you is different about the way you approach the world since you started going? Um, you know, it's hard to say what's different in how I approach it because. Or is there a difference or is it kind of just nice to have a person to talk to you? I mean, that's what it is at the beginning. Uh-huh. There is a difference, but it's like, yeah, it's just tough to call because I, because it's, it's been uh gradual, mm-hmm. the change. I, I definitely like, I guess the main difference is in how I react to situations. And so, and that has been very, very slow that change. Um, so I guess like, that's why it was hard for me to answer that question because it's not like there's some sort of like on the nose approach that I have come to that is like my being is different. I don't feel that different, but But that's good. There's no right. I'm not looking for a right answer. Sure. 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 I feel like everyone has such a different relationship with therapy and like some people go in to treat a certain thing and some people are just like, want to be able to, you know, like, maintain a sense of you know like just like stability so i think it is different for everybody yeah i yeah i would say and i would hope so too Uh um but yeah no i mean it has it's changed my life it's incredible it just it's so funny i like really thought i would i I went in with a a purpose i Uh was like i am going to stop you know constantly freaking out basically Mm -hmm. i would like a I'm very obsessive and when something upset me, I would obsess over that thing so hard that it would consume me basically. And I was having that with a couple people I was very close with. And you know, what's so funny is that I didn't really fix that problem. I just realized <laughs> I needed to stop hanging out with those people. Oh yeah. Uh, and you combine making choices that are healthy for yourself, or at least I'm combining making choices that are healthy for me with, learning that the voices in my head are unkind and Mm -hmm. like come from years of trauma basically. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the main way that it's changed is I now will, um, I'll have a shitty feeling. I'll see something that really fucking bothers me and I'll explode with fear, (laughs) sadness, shame, or rage. Uh And then more often than not, I'll have an like, pretty immediate second thought that's like yeah but you feel like this all the time and just that like little pause and that little conversation with myself makes it so way more times than I used to be able to I could I can like I can stop and feel calm and not spin into self-hate and sadness because I have like pretty bad uh innate depression that uh that like yeah has really haunted me and it's gotten way way better that's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. I would recommend talk therapy to anyone. It's, it's the funny best. you were just saying that thing about the second thought because just today my coworker was telling me, and I can't remember, I don't even know if she knows, it wasn't her quote, but she quoted, so this is like a third degree quote, but she told me this quote that she heard, and I can't remember who said it. I'm sure you guys know. It's out there somewhere. But um, <laughs> <laughs> the quote is that like your first thought is not who you are, your, like your first reaction, like your emotional reaction your second thought is who you are. So like when you Hmm. see someone, you know, walking down the street and you judge them or you're like mad or you're immediately like jealous of your friends getting something and then you get mad at yourself for feeling that way. But actually if you take a break, 
just like you said, that second thought, that's actually who you are. So hearing that help, because you know, we all, I don't know. I think things all the time. I'm like, why did I think that? And then I get mad that I thought that and I'm like, that's not who I want to be. But I would actually, your second emotion. That's so funny. I, I'll, I'll say two things about that. The first is whatever helps (laughs) you feel good about yourself. You should run with that. Uh-huh. But I will also say, so saying, I'm I'll, lying to myself, Dave. I kind of think that maybe a little, <laughs> but in a, in a whole other way, like I, cause I would say I'll like raise that statement one okay. and say that they're both you oh, yeah. and they're yeah. both fine. And I get what you mean. Cause if you think I have fucked up thoughts, uh-huh. like I, I will like notice that I'm planning someone's death i will like truly (laughs) and perhaps that should be my confession for this episode Uh that i like have planned hundreds of people's deaths and like literally i like not really plan their death fantasize or see it but it's like i'll just notice that i'm in my head i'm not even like doing i'm not even cognizant of that i'm doing it but like someone they could be close to me or Uh they could be just someone who cut me off on the highway i will then just daydream about being very very aggressive toward them which in Uh, the fantasy are you responsible for their death or they just die on their own you know come to think of it it's not i never kill them okay because i don't i think that if the fantasy were getting to the point of me like literally going through the act of murder (laughs) then i would like tell someone you know or maybe not i don't know but I don't know. I'm trying to be completely honest right now. And I don't actually know whether what I'm saying is Mm -hmm. I don't know if these fantasies actually reach me like stabbing someone. Yeah. But it's just the fact that well, it's more the fact that they see chasing them and finding them and like letting them know that they were wrong. Okay. So uh, there's a confrontation in it. It's not like I want this person to have an uh, like like a a bad thing happen off to the side it's like i am directly looking you in the eyes and being like fuck you what's funny though is that in a lot of my fantasies i still lose (laughs) yeah yeah totally yeah well that's what it's like i'm sorry it ends with like an apology (laughs) no not that but them like i'll like imagine me like catching up Mm. to them and then like fucking you know showing them in some way like running into their car or whatever Uh the damn this is this is so interesting. Yeah, I don't, I'm like trying to, it's funny, like in my mind, I do fantasize about violent things, but then as I'm saying it, I don't know if I actually do. I think I just fantasize about yelling at people. Um, I almost do want to talk about this. Well, I don't want to take away from your other confession, so we can talk about um, this and then wrap it up and do the next thing, unless sure. you want this to be the thing. I mean, I kind of think this is a pretty we big do confession. Okay. Yeah. I think it's, I, and it's very interesting. Because, okay, okay so... My point is that I hated myself for that for a long time. Yeah. But then one day I realized I have literally never hurt anybody yeah. with my body. I mean, on purpose. Uh-huh. I've run into people and stuff. <laughs> and apparently once when I was blackout drunk, I punched my roommate. Huh. Apparently. But he called me a gay slur. And then huh. after I punched him, he like suplexed me. And I've had a pinched nerve in my shoulder ever since. Oh, my God. So... I don't feel that bad about it. <laughs> wow, to be a man, just the, the little stories you have. I mean, I've never punched anyone in the face, but that kind of thing happened to my friends all the time. Just be like, oh, I had to go to the hospital for stitches, get caught in a fight at a bar. I'm like, okay. <laughs> You're talking about an element of manhood that terrifies me and all, like always had. I mean, like everything around stereotypical manhood scared me for my whole uh-huh. life and the only reason i wouldn't say it does now is that i don't give a shit about being that thing anymore yeah but yeah i stayed away from all those dudes that got in fights all the time until i was in college and then i was with these dudes that fought all the time wait can i tell you a secret <laughs> a quick one sure. that's opposite of yours is that i used to like fantasize about getting like beat up wow like, just getting punched and and I've never, and I, like when I got, I used to drink a lot. I like went sober yeah, for yeah. a while, but when I, in my blackout days, I would just scream at people like, punch me in the face and like <laughs> wow. scream at men and nobody would ever do it. Wow. But I really wanted to get punched in the face and I don't really, like, I think it's the same thing where I don't really want that, but I do like, it's like almost wanting to like make contact just to be like, I did that thing huh. and I don't want it anymore. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I have like a. This is maybe, yeah, it's funny. I, I, the thing that I don't tell, I guess I have started telling people this Uh in my adult life recently, 
But I'm pretty like I'm a pretty confessional comedian. Like I tend mm-hmm. to tell people anything. I I'll even tell people say shameful things about me that aren't true. Like I don't care for the joke. Yeah, totally. Like yeah. I have a joke about how I have herpes, and I don't. But I thought I did for a minute, and I still uh-huh. do the joke. And it requires me to say I have herpes <laughs> to crowds of people. It's like fuck it. But even though that's true about me for the longest time, I wouldn't tell people this. And it's like, I have like a massive fear of fighting huge, like crippling anxiety, like cannot function in the presence of a fist fight. Okay. Uh, If it's just happening around you and you're not involved. No, if it involves me. And so like the time, the few times it's happened, I mean now, uh, like I said, I have accepted that about myself Mm -hmm. truly. And maybe, Maybe not truly, but <laughs> more than ever before. And I've been in a couple confrontation situations as an older person, and uh, it's not as bad. But yeah, like when I was young, yeah. like shaking, crying, like Aww. running, like fuck. I just like couldn't. And then like so many dudes I knew would just like fight. Uh, it's very weird. And yeah. They do call it fight or flight. And so, I went the yeah. for the latter. And you can't control that, so. Right. Um, but that's, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine, I mean, actually being in, it, it makes me feel like, like, of course it was dumb that I would scream at people to punch me because they weren't going to, but people do get in real fights and they don't mm-hmm. have that control. And that yeah. is scary. I mean, also like, yeah, there's all sorts of, that's sort of my point about the, the fantasizing about hurting people. Yeah. Because saying that out loud makes it sound like I actually want that. Right. But I don't, sure. and I never would ever. But it there's some there's something around violence, uh, particularly like, I mean, sexual violence mm-hmm. that is so that is just out there yeah. in our brains in some way. It's like the corners that just because you don't look doesn't mean it's not there. So it's almost like you want to face it, yeah, full on. And the reason I said sexual violence is that like I'm not assuming, but it sounds like what you were saying is in one way or another because you were asking dudes to hit you, right? Oh, but it true. Wasn't about I that. guess I could have asked women to hit. Me. No, this wasn't during sex, though. No, I know that, but it sounds. You're right. I don't know. I mean, I think everything's a little connected. Like, yeah. like when you talk about like kinks and stuff, a lot of it's connected to like the healthier version of like dealing with trauma. A lot of times, it comes out that way, right? Right. But. But I don't know. I never connected it to sex. Oh, fair enough. But I'm yeah. not sure because I never asked a guy to punch me during sex. I've asked him to do other things, but like, so I don't feel like sure. I'm like, uh, I was afraid of it. I just, I never felt like I would enjoy that sexually, but I've never tried it. Maybe I would come immediately. I don't know. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I have had, I've been asked to do that during sex and, and I didn't. I have yeah. like gotten pretty rough with partners uh-huh. I've done, like, I've done but most stuff. I've that. never wanted to be, like, clocked. But I feel yeah. like there's something about, like, you know. Oh, I have been punched, actually, now that I think about oh, it. Oh, during sex? And it wasn't consensual. Oh, no. And I, yeah, yeah. And looking back, it was really fucked up. And at the time, I, like, just let it go. But Damn. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't turn me on, but it does make, maybe I would want to have sex. I, maybe I would want to fuck after a fight. I don't think I want to fight and fuck at the same time. Does that make sense? Like, I kind of wow. have this, like, like going to war fantasy. Like, I want to be this, like, when you think about the Roman soldiers, like, going into war and, like, being all sweaty and glistening and coming home and then fucking their wives. Like, I feel like for me, the getting punched part is, like, I want to be out there, like, face danger. Oh. Get fucking, like, in the face and then, like, survive and come back and be, like, and my prize, bride. Wow. Damn. <laughs> all but right. I don't know. Like, because I don't know. I haven't. Yeah. I like, I I see like that. more, like, sensual sex. But I do. I have that same fascination with violence in the same way where I've never, you know, gotten right. violent. I'm not a violent person. But I totally understand what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. That's so interesting. Is That sounds like maybe, uh, I don't know, there's so many things that could be. But I'm, like, putting myself in your shoes. Yeah. Like... It's power. It's feeling like you're, you have the power. Right. Well, like, and I'm sorry, I feel like I keep making it about gender and, and I'm also being very like cis heteronormative in how I talk. That's your experience. And I had a pretty uh, cis 
uh, straight childhood, like my experience, all these. And like I knew that about you. I just wanted to say that. So if that's not your experience and you're listening, you don't uh-huh. think I'm like throwing your, I don't care about your perspective or something. It's just mine. Uh, but like to continue this yeah. cis heteronormative, uh, <laughs> thought process, I can imagine like putting myself in a woman's shoes it's the reverse of me. Like I'm told I'm supposed to fight. You're told oh. you don't. So it's like yeah. fucking give me what I can't have. Maybe. Yeah. I don't no, know. that's interesting. Cause everyone's like never hit a, like it, it I've always thought that yes, was so interesting. The never, part. never hit a woman. And like, <laughs> and like, yeah, I agree with that. But then at a certain point in my life, I was like, wait, never hit anyone. What the fuck? Never Why hit is anyone. it? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Don't hit anyone. <laughs> yeah. But there's this like, I don't hit women, but I beat the fuck out of my male son. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah, Why? <laughs> that is uh, true. Yeah, That's yeah. That's fucked up. Did you get beat up as a kid? When I was young, young, I did. And then it was really, not really, it was more just like I got intimidated a lot. My bullying okay. was like severe intimidation, but it never, one guy. So it wasn't like one experience that kind of like made you feel like, like triggered when you saw fights? Yeah, it's odd. I think, yeah, a lot of it had to do that I was inexperienced with it, that I just didn't, I think I had like bad experiences when I was very young mm-hmm. and I also had a super intimidating household. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, there was some, I don't know. I have a tough time talking about that shit, but there was some, some really fucked up shit there too. And so. Well, I feel like, yeah, that a lot of, I mean, my mom just hit me, so I've talked about it on the podcast, so that's probably not that crazy of a jump to be like, I want to get punched in the face, but it's still weird. Like, I don't quite know exactly why, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know yeah. it's related, but I don't know why I would make that conclusion when the conclusion should be like, cool, I want peace and love forever. But instead there's this dark part of me that's like, no, I just like need to run into a fist. I don't know. Well, you also need to remember that, um, you're drunk in when you do this and like (laughs) alcohol is a depressant. You're also young and have this like live for everything. I mean, when I was drinking every day, which was for a few years, Uh uh, especially in college, I lived with these dudes and we were just like wasted and had all this free time Mm -hmm. and we did crazy shit. Like I never did it, but a thing that my roommates did a lot was like lock arms and then rest a burning cigarette between their two arms and then see how, like how long they could leave it there. I was once at a party. Yeah. Yeah. And this wasn't even those dudes. I was once at a party at my friend Chris's house who was gay. And the only reason I say that is that you, I would never have imagined a gay man would be so, fucking macho Uh (laughs) but uh he and his two roommates uh they made uh they like bent a um coat hanger into the shape of an exclamation point with like a curly dot at the bottom heated it up on the stove and branded themselves yeah yeah yeah, I mean, there's a lot of weird uh, testosterone shit out there. Um, but there's like a there's something about drinking that makes you feel like like your lizard brain comes out. Yeah, at a certain level. That makes sense because it's almost like you. It's like the instincts, right? Like we don't get not get to. It's we're lucky that for the most part, society keeps us safe from like the harmful like nature things right like so but we but our instincts are still there so every once in a while i feel like they come out where you're like i need to like make sure they're still there i need to make sure like if i lose everything and i'm just in the woods naked yeah. and alone like that i can like fight be fierce or whatever and i know i can't that's i think maybe that's why i have this fantasy because i'm like i know i can't fight so part of me wants to be like all right how bad like. is it yeah, yeah like yeah. how bad is it gonna be when the world ends and i have to like get out there and like go to war yeah What's funny is that 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 thought is actually like what has calmed a great deal of my anxiety down, like about fighting, about Mm -hmm. conflict in general. And I am like definitely it's so funny. I I just started two completely separate thoughts. Let me finish the first one. (laughs) Uh I 
uh, the thing that's calmed me down a lot is realizing that it's not that bad. Not only is it not that bad, nothing is that bad. Mm-hmm. Everything that has to do with extreme fear is you doing it. Yeah. Literally nothing. I mean, like getting tortured would be pretty fucked up. Yeah. Uh, getting assaulted, getting sexually assaulted would be really, really horrifying. Uh, and kind of aside from that, you're going to be fine. Cause like mm-hmm. there's, I have like getting my point is even getting your ass fucking beat. You will be okay. You'll come out on yeah. the other side. I mean, even those two things that you said, which are really, really awful. And you will come back from, you are, you will yeah. survive. That's what they call them survivors. And it's yeah. in living in fear isn't the way to go. It's on those people to not do it. Like it's should always be put on the responsibility should be put on the perpetrators and you shouldn't live your life in fear. Of course we should do more to stop them from doing that. But I agree with you. Like the fear itself, you can't let it control you. Yeah. And you have to just know you'll come out on the other side and you're going to be strong and you know, fucked up people are going to do fucked up things, but yeah. And there's like, I don't know the, the, the more, I sort of like went down a rabbit hole there because I realized I was starting to say something that could sound a little crazy, but uh, mm-hmm. on the more tame end of what I was saying, like being afraid of fist fighting, yeah. being afraid of fucking whatever, uh, you like you get hit and then and then it hurts and then it stops hurting. Yeah, and that's like one day that dawned on me and I was like, oh, what the fuck, <laughs> dude? And also I like rough myself up all the time especially when yeah. i was young just like i w- first of all i went into mosh pits constantly that was like <laughs> all i did and that all that is is getting kicked and punched in the face like non-stop and people right. don't mean but to. the intention is <laughs> but like the intention is different, different. So. so yeah it turns out the thing that i'm actually scared of is the conflict itself the conflict mm. is a statement about me it means that i've done something wrong which means that i'm poison on the inside which means that everyone <laughs> found out that i'm trash which means i'll always be alone and like so if someone said yeah. dave we need to talk you'd be like oh ah! you just start Absolutely. shaking <laughs> yeah yeah even if they're like like the smallest, like tiniest person. The most frustrating thing is a lot of this is me uh, learned in therapy. And I feel like I've just sort of like poured my brain out on the table in this interview, which I didn't know was going to happen, but it's absolutely fine. Uh, I, uh, yeah, like so much of the shit that I've unpacked in therapy, it's so good. But the problem is that now I just know all this stuff Uh and I don't actually, I'm not at the next step where I have moved past it and totally accepted it. <laughs> okay. So I'm I'm in a pretty raw place as a human being where it's just kind of all out there. Yeah. And I've like, it's, yeah, it's literally like I just like opened my suitcase yeah. and all this shit exploded and I haven't <laughs> like folded it back up and put it in drawers yet. Mm. It's, I'm just like, all right, I get it. I get it. <laughs> and I like know, I know where You're at the phase where you know, recognize the behavior, but you're, I haven't changed it. Yeah, or at least... Like when I know why I'm doing something bad, but I'm still doing it. Yeah, and I would have thought that the knowing why would fix it. (laughs) It will eventually, because I think it's the... Yeah, it's a step towards like you figuring out, okay, well, if... you, it helps you figure out well what is it that you actually need like what what when you feel a certain way what what are you what is the need you're trying to address right like the feeling of fantasizing about violence on the road to a stranger like what are you not getting in that moment it's not that you actually wanted to hurt them but you didn't get some feeling of like maybe having control in your life in that moment or oh, yeah. some sort of feeling of like uh, being heard or seen or oh I actually can tell you a thousand percent what it is uh-huh. it's in every single case it feels like someone got one over on me mm-hmm. I have this I mean man this is so interesting I'm like <laughs> there's a thing that I uh, like a thing that sort of runs my life is that I come from uh, uh, like it's in my DNA to be an aggressive male uh-huh. It's like the men in my family are aggressive people, not as a rule, but generally my dad is his dad was even worse. I would imagine my grandfather's dad was even worse and I really don't like it. It really, really bothers me. I think it's not okay. I think it's not okay how they intimidate people. Mm-hmm. They intimidate people constantly people both in their family and like in general. And this is, if my parents heard me say this they would be very upset because i haven't talked to them about this this is how i feel the fucked up thing is that i also love them you sure. know 
and because it's not their entire being. Yeah. And I guess I said that on the off chance they were to listen to this, but, but it really bothers me. And so my whole life is centered around not being that. And that's like why I go to therapy. That's, I never raise my Mm -hmm. voice. If I'm with people who are raising their voice, I tell them to stop or I leave. And like, you know, every now and then I fuck up and I scream in my car like I did on the way here (laughs) because I was frustrated that my glasses were dirty. (laughs) But it's like I've gotten to a place where I like really, (laughs) that's true. Um, I can uh, attest to that. I was in traffic. My glasses were dirty. (laughs) I was late and I was like, ah! Um, Glasses got one over you. Yeah, they won. Um, So... So that, and the reason I'm so diligent about that is that I feel it in me and I I don't want to take out my anger and anxiety on others, Mm -hmm. but I feel it. So I have that like low self-esteem, that like thing in my head that was put there genetically or from my experiences or whatever Uh that tell me that like when someone is rude to me or mean to me or when I feel hurt by someone that it was, it's a reflection of the fact that I'm a piece of shit. Like it's all low self-esteem. Like you feel like they already seen that you have this instinct so it's being reflected back. Yeah, like I was explaining it to someone recently how like if I get cut off on the freeway, the way that it feels immediately isn't fuck them, what an asshole. It's like, of course, because everyone knows that I deserve to be cut off on the freeway. And which is so, imagine if that were true. If there were some conspiracy that I, (laughs) that like the whole city of LA is like this one license plate, watch out for it (laughs) because that person does not deserve to not be cut off (laughs) on the highway. That would be so insane. Well, actually we have that person right here now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on in. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I, well, that, I, it seems like you're very self-aware and I know we're trying. wrapping up, but, um, one thing that I think is interesting about what you said that I feel like might be the next step. I don't know. I'm not your therapist, but, um, you talk about like not wanting to be a certain way. Like a lot yeah. of the focus is on like what you don't want to be, which I think is a good place to start. Cause that, um, isolates all the stuff you, you know, find that you want to fix about yourself or change or, you know, steer away from. But I feel like the next step is like, well, what do you want to be? Cause I think if you focus totally. that into like the negative to the positive, then you can get out of the bubble. Right. Cause if it's all about not doing a thing, you can only be, um, the opposite of that. But if you start to be like, well, what do I want to be? You start opening this door to like, oh, I want to be a person who does this. And I like that sure. behavior in this. And then you get further and further away from these, uh, characters that you don't want to be and who your family, but you you're seeing the version of themselves in your head, like as characters. Right. And you be, you create these new characters and they're not villains or, you know, heroes they are just different. And then I think you'll start to feel like you're breaking out of that box a little bit. Yeah. I, I think you're right. And I, I definitely am already, um, doing that. I mean, not completely, but in certain ways. And I feel <laughs> actually to wrap it up on a positive note, uh-huh. I, so like, I up until well now yeah I I like I said I have this fear of being the shitty man in my family because uh-huh. I have like I've said aggressive thoughts or like severe anger and I've like worked really hard on not reacting in shitty ways to others right uh-huh. but I still have the thoughts so for a really long time, I've been telling people I'm single because of this, because I, mm. I'm scared that, because it's like a high, the, the emotional stakes are higher sure. in a relationship and it's easier to rub up against those insecurities in my, in me. So I'm like worried. I, I don't want to do that in a relationship and I all, I, I like really don't want to do it to a kid and I want uh-huh. kids one day. So I like, I've really been like working on myself hoping to get to a better place because I just don't want to put that shit on people. And, uh, yeah. So like that's how much it affects me. And so this whole time up until even right now, I've thought like, no, but I will, I just will, I'll be a shitty father because Mm -hmm. I fucking, I still have these fucking thoughts. And then not long ago, like a month or two ago, a good friend of mine, uh, we worked together on some stuff. He called me, and he told me, uh, hey, Dave, he basically was like, you've been really pissed off hmm. at this thing we do lately. 
and it sucks and your mood affects everyone around Mm -hmm. and like I hadn't yelled at anyone or any anything obviously I I, I don't do that but I was like a palpable noticeable Dave is pissed off all the time kind of thing and he was right but like that's the thing I'm afraid of being so what happened was I like listened to him and I like heard him and I said got it I will think about it and he was like, yeah. And you know, I love you. We'll talk about it again, obviously. Uh, and I was like, totally. And then I went into like a four day depression of like anger and spinning and, uh-huh. and finding reasons he's wrong and arguing with him in my head over and over again. And he had to be wrong. He had to be wrong. And then after like four or five days, I calmed down, thought about it more and was like, okay, he's right in all these ways. There's one or two small ways that it hurt my feelings where I think he was wrong. I called him. We had a very measured conversation in which I told him those things. And it ended with us being like, well, I love you. And we're going to keep doing this. Obviously, you're one of my best friends. And then after I like I'm like tearing up thinking about that because I hung up the phone and I was like, man, my fucking father would never do that. Mm. And I've been like really kind of on a cloud and like proud of getting to a place of dealing with uh, sensitive conflict like that. Uh, and I'm like really optimistic and it like, I started, I literally started like really dating again. That's awesome. Yeah. It's weird. It was like a massive, like a, you had a breakthrough. It was like a, yeah, a real huge life fucking deal for me. Yeah. Yeah. Literally it goes back to what we were saying before about, um, if you get in fight and you get punched, you just hurt and then you, the hurt goes away. Like he kind of hurt you and you were mad and then you, yeah, it. you just wait. And yeah, just different. give it a little, give it some time. That's awesome. And like, hear your friends. You know, so happy for you. Um, oh, we are at the end. I did. I had a game, but I think you're out of time, right? <laughs> oh yeah. So, okay, sure. so we'll just wrap it up, and you guys will just have to wonder. I'll tell you, the game was called "What Day Is It." It's inspired is it really? by your Twitter, <laughs> but oh, we won't thank play you it. So it's, much. it's totally fine. But you guys should check out Dave's Twitter because he has a bit where he just tweets, "What day is it?" Every day. Every uh, day at one p.m. Yes. Um, where can people find you? Uh, I'm at Dave to the Ross, D-A-V-E-T-O-T-H-E-R-O-S-S on everything. Uh, my website's Dave to the Ross.com. And um, my album is called The Only Man Who's Ever Had Sex. And you can buy it digitally or physical copies. And the URL for that is sex.guns.beer. Very great URL. Um, follow this <laughs> podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod. Follow me at Larissa T on Twitter and Instagram. And that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.